Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh, and I'm so glad that you've chosen uh, to sit down with us over these next moments and just talk about some real exciting life topics like marriage. Just recently, Bonnie and I, um, who's also the founder of the Union, um, we celebrated 13 years of marriage. Can you believe it? 13 years already. And we were just talking the other day. It'd be so fun just to sit back and kind of talk about uh, some of the things we've learned over these 13 years. So you're going to join us on this journey as we talk about those things and get to the bottom of some topics. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get to it. You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, his hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Yeah, so like Brian said before, we are going to be doing an episode a little bit more reflective this time, uh, which is great for us, the tone of where we're at, even as a couple, as a family. Two weeks ago, we uh, brought in a new addition to the family. What, what? A little boy named Theodore Leonard Jude, which you may even hear him in the background. I don't know. (laughs) Grandma and grandpa are holding them right now. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, it's been pretty busy around here. Mm-hmm. We mentioned on our social media, if it, if it seems a little quieter, it's because there's a little baby who knows how to raise his voice. And so we're taking care of him. And totally. um, it's been going really well, though, I would say. You know, this is baby number six. and No, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I think we're sleeping better on this one. I Maybe. Maybe not all of us. I think you're sleeping better. I am I sleeping better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. like, I feel like you sleep the same on every baby. So I don't <laughs> it's know. It's kind of true. <laughs> oh, it's it's like, sad, but true. It, it's a little bit like, okay, I could wake you, but then that means both of us are tired during the day. And then I don't have reinforcements of like, I'm going for a nap now. It's true. Anyways. It's so true. yes, we are, I'm sleeping less than the average citizen but more than in previous babies. So we are really grateful to God for that. Yeah, absolutely. But we're here on the podcast today and we're, yeah, like, like Bryce said, you know, and when, as we're recording right now, yesterday was our 13th anniversary. And so we went, went out for dinner and little Theodore came with us Yeah, and he did great. He did awesome. He was a rock star. Yeah, totally. He made fans like with everybody in the restaurant, I think. So it was good. Yeah. Had yeah. some had some yam fries and a delicious burger and whatever. Anyways, we were reflecting on what have we been learning about each other and you know we in in anniversaries and time or times when we get to be alone away for a couple of days, then we try to just reflect and then also project the totally. future. We thought, what if we had that? We'll just have that conversation. Before we get there, we've got some big news to announce what's coming up in the new year. All right. So we are stoked because we have been working. Yeah. It's like, can we, if, can we make that echo in the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what you produce it? E-course. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> eight sessions. Um, we're so excited. We sat down back in the summer and just started brainstorming. Okay. If you know, what, if we could sit down with, you know, maybe someone is age 20, 25, could be a single young man or single young woman. And what would be the key lessons that are foundational in order for them to have a future, um, that's like, that's whole and healthy with healthy Mm -hmm. relationships, healthy self-identity, 
healthy sexuality? Like what would be those key lessons? And so we've compiled it and we have recorded. And so we are really excited to release that to you in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell all your friends and get ready because it's coming out. It's going to be coming out. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we could say probably around February yeah. 2021. And we're calling it the journey home because really we do believe that, that God's designed for all these crazy areas in our life. I say crazy just because they touch so uh, so many different levels of our heart and our life. Um, but when it comes to sexuality, identity, shame, um, past our past stories, how do we walk out of these things? It is a journey home, but yeah. this place that God has for us and this design that he has for us for all those areas is, is a home is a safe place. And, uh, but God has a journey for us there. So we're really excited and we really do believe, um, if you're listening to this, it's going to be a benefit to you Absolutely. and, uh, it can be a benefit to somebody, maybe, you know, um, friend, family member, and uh, maybe somebody who you're going to come across in your journey, in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a blessing to them for sure. So Absolutely. super pumped on that. We always forget it. It's the random question time. Random question would be, if you could develop your own Halloween candy, what flavor would it be? What? We just came out of Halloween. We got to have some okay. candy reference. Honestly, I really enjoy caramel flavors. So I know you said invent, but I don't know. Maybe I would say like if we could find a way, because I try to be careful with how much sugar I eat. So if we could get caramel that wasn't (laughs) just sugar and butter (laughs) that I could eat. Uh, If we could get something with quinoa and hemp hearts and chia seeds, like, babe, this is Halloween candy. (laughs) I know, but I just want to be able to eat caramel. (laughs) All right. I get it. Um, I get it. That's so funny. Okay. Um, question for you. Okay. Well, in that theme of, uh, you know, October 31st and costumes growing up, you, you trick or treated, I think as a kid, like a boss. Okay. Yeah. I did not. I'm like, I won't go into details. Anyways, I did not. But what would you say was some of your favorite, what would be your favorite costume that you drew, grew up in? Or no. Grew up in? That you- How long was Halloween? <laughs> How long did you celebrate Halloween, Brian? I was like probably from like, you know, seven to about 15. <laughs> no, but I, I guess I think you're asking me what was my favorite Halloween costume. Yeah, that's a simple way to say yeah. it. <laughs> my favorite Halloween costume, I went as Ace Ventura. Stop it. Yeah, my mom, like I, I literally, track down like a a halloween or halloween excuse me hawaiian uh button-up shirt and my mom sewed on like purple polyester pants sewed these orange vertical stripes on them like really my mom just really uh, no kidding but like i this is the first i've heard yeah and so there's there's like one picture I know of that's maybe somewhere floating around my family that of me dressed up like Ace Ventura, but I think that was probably one of my favorite. One of those epic. How old would you think? Uh, man, probably like grade six or seven, I think. Whoa, crazy. Or maybe, maybe eight. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> Teenage life is just a blur, so I don't know. I know. I know. Around then. Yeah, exactly. So. Can I tell, I know this isn't about me. But at one time I dressed. No, that's why we're here, babe. Go for it. <laughs> one time I dressed up as a lamp. I was going to a costume party. You dressed up as a lamp. I did. I was like. That's shady. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of an idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. And then 
the light bulb went on. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so then I, anyway, I just went in. I actually won. People are turning off this podcast like at Okay, okay, we need to stop. Yeah. (laughs) There's been like two two high level puns already. Like, I know, it's true. That's shady. The light bulb went on. Yeah, I get it. Okay, move on. Move on. So, yeah, we celebrated 13 years of marriage just last night. Is this what sleep deprivation feels like? Yeah, I think so. I think this is what six kids. Sleep, depri- sleep deprivation <laughs> and uh, 2020 all add up to oh, be like... Just a good old casserole. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we celebrated 13 years yeah. of marriage, and uh, which has been amazing. I got to say, it's been a lot of fun. It's been hard. I was going to, I was going to pretend like, it's just not even, not even an issue. No, no we never all. fight, never have bad attitude. That's always so good. Sunshine and roses. Yeah. But one of the things we, we wanted to take some time because it's... It's really important when you hit milestones, when you hit checkpoints, when you hit, you know, one year, five years or, or whatever, is to even take time to look back and reflect. Mm-hmm. And because uh, if you don't know sometimes where you've come from, you don't know how to shape um, looking forward. You don't know how to shape the next steps going into the next five years or the next 10 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to take some time and just share with you guys, sit in on some of our reflection time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about it as a single people, the lesson that we've learned, because we both as individuals, mm-hmm. we had to learn the hard lesson of singleness. And that's um, I just think as we look back, man, like we got married 13 years ago, started dating 15 years ago. Is that correct? I think we dated for like only a year and a half. It was just like, let's just get married. We knew. <laughs> Who are we getting? Let's just get married. No, but so like I think that's such a long time ago. But I do remember the unique challenges that singleness um, presented before we even started dating. Yeah. Before we started dating and, you know, um, trying to find identity in so many things, try to find just like a solid identity, not in so many things, but just trying to find your identity, your own personhood and um, just really what you value, what you're about. Um, and really one of the things that, that stood out to me was doing the hard work of healing. Yeah. Um, now everybody has a different story and, and obviously we want to validate that and, and, and not try to project, you know, my story onto somebody else and says, if it wasn't like this, then you weren't doing it right. But like, um, I know I had to heal from so many, uh, hurts that I had just picked up, you know what I mean? Out of decisions, a lot of decisions I had made. Um, but still, it's still stuff carries with you, whether it's somebody else's decision or your own decision that you've made in your life. Um, it sticks with you. Yeah. I think that I also, I mean, we, we had different backgrounds, you know, for those who know us, Brian, would, you know, probably he would, <laughs> how do I say this? You got yourself into trouble. That would be more like the traditional kind of trouble. And I was like the church kid who had like, I thought I was good, but then I found out that I still needed a savior, mm-hmm. like that kind of trouble. So yeah. anyway, so, but I also had healing that I needed to experience because of things that people had done to me or even mindsets that I had picked up because of what I had observed, even in others, assumptions about what a woman was supposed to be, assumptions of what marriage would be like. And I had to, um, and, and what men were and what, um, yeah, what sexuality was, all those things. I had to start processing that through the light of scripture and Mm -hmm. letting, allowing God by his Holy spirit to, convict me and correct me and kind of just like 
highlight things to me. And so I, I, we're so grateful. I know we've said this so many times over the years. We're so grateful that when the Lord led us to not date, like, cause you and I liked each other for a long time. We were interested in each other, Mm -hmm. but we felt God say like, nope, not yet. Like you need to do the hard work of healing. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're so glad we did because I think it really, um, set us up because there's enough challenges in life in marriage without you, without like putting all of our baggage on each other. There's still, and even still, even though we made so, we had so many foundational shifts as single people, Mm -hmm. then it's like, you know, you're married for five years, you're married for 10 years and still things from the past kind of surface, but at least you have a foundation that is established and like, okay, this is, I know how to handle or how to walk through this or, and I have the pattern of confession or the pattern or pattern of forgiveness or the pattern, whatever. Um, anyway, we're so grateful that we took the time to, um, start thinking biblically about those things. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for somebody who's listening right now and you're going, okay, I am single. So like, what does that mean for me? I think, you know, we've often said that the lesson of singleness is realizing that there's only some, there's only, there's some needs in my life that only God can meet. And I think it's important too. like, I just looking at, um, again, just only referencing my story and my, my life. I was just like, I know I've said a few times that I wish I had kind of lived on my own Mm -hmm. before we got married and just got right into, um, you know, right into living together and stuff like that. Because I think there's a certain level of maturity, Mm -hmm. um, that I needed to kind of step up into like, Hey, like maybe you could pick up your own clothes and maybe, you know, like just have to be responsible Mm -hmm. for buying food, having to be responsible for Mm -hmm. just, you know, everyday stuff. And I think like, I think that's a good lesson for, for anybody who's single right now. If like, again, I'm, I may be speaking to like maybe some younger <laughs> age group right now. Like you're thinking like, well, I just, I just want to get married right out of high school or I'm first year, first year university. And I just want to get married right now. It's like, well, you know, there's, there's a good life has a really good way of maturing you if you let it mm-hmm. and, and just yield to some of the, um, don't run from responsibility and don't run from, uh, accountability, let it just really get into your life and let it be a shape, a shaping aspect of you, um, of your character and of your values. And, um, because I feel like at least again, just referencing my story, I could have, you know, matured probably a lot faster with some things and not, not been having to try to figure that out in the first you know year of our marriage. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think of the the word servanthood comes to mind, like lean into servanthood. You know, and that could be if you're, even if you're married, of course, is to recognize that as followers of Christ, you know, even Jesus, son of God, prince, you know, prince of peace, he, the Bible says that he didn't come to be served, but Mm -hmm. to, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. And so that's hard, man, to live as a servant. Um, but it it certainly makes, um, marriage easier. You know, and totally. so I think you and I both, at least, even if we didn't have, um, like the solidified practice of servanthood, we definitely had the value of it. And so mm-hmm. then in the early years of marriage, because of what our single years had been, we were like, okay, we know that we need to lean into the discomfort of serving totally. each other, you know, and then serving our children too. Mm-hmm. So, so the next thing we were talking about too, is like our dating 
kind of season of life mm-hmm. and really what we made the focus of that to be. Yeah. And in our f- reflection, we realized just how important it was that we um, made that season of life as much as we were like in, you know, in discipleship school together and, mm-hmm. you know, serving a lot together, just living life together. Um, we made that season of our life to be really geared around just getting to know each other as as individuals, as people, mm-hmm. um, and not with the expectation of like 100% that this is going to work out or this is going to lead to mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But like, and we also obviously just made some pretty strong boundaries that like we weren't going to let this be, become a physical only sexual sexually driven relationship we wanted to get to know each other for who each other was just as people so yeah which is really incredible even as as the female I could say that you walking in that self-restraint and like we were like I knew that you were attracted to me but every day that you had restraint it was like you were saying to me like I'm committed to getting to know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not just in this for um, what you can make me feel like. So that meant a lot to me. And I think that that um, really, that was an investment into into our future, into our relationship. Yeah. Totally. Now here we are in our married life. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest thing as you look back and reflect on what's been the biggest thing that you've learned in our married life now of 13, 13 years? This is interesting I mean, it's very connected to what you said already about the lesson of singleness, but I would say is that I am, it's not possible for me to control your happiness Mm -hmm. and it's not possible for me to rely on you to make me happy. Right. Which is kind of the same idea of like, you know, there's some needs that only God can fill, but it, I think that I, it took me a long time to figure that out. Just Mm -hmm. that you couldn't, you would, you could never be perfect enough to make me happy and that I could never be perfect enough to fill you. Totally. So then I didn't have to feel that pressure. Like if you were having a bad day, it wasn't a reflection on my value. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's significant. What about you? Biggest lesson? Uh, biggest or lesson? Or one of the biggest, you know? Well, I think one of the things I said before is like, you know, with, with the Bible kind of lays out in Ephesians that this this relationship that humanity has as husband and wife man and woman together is, is actually a mystery. You know what I mean? It's something beautiful that is actually a a type in the shadow of, of Jesus and his people and Jesus and his, his, his church, these, this people that he is building up this, Mm -hmm. um, these called out people, (laughs) this would be theologically correct. Um, you know, he, uh, it's a, it's actually such a privilege to now be in this relationship and get to experience, um, you know, relating the way I relate to you as a husband, fulfilling my, my purpose and my instruction from, from what the Bible lays out for, for a husband to lay down his life, uh, for his wife as, as Christ did the church. Like that's a, that's a privilege that I get to experience that as much as it's, it's hard. It's a death to self. It really is like laying down your life that it's not just about what you want. Mm-hmm. anymore um and i could say i i wish i i wish i was better at that i think there's still room in these next 13 mm-hmm. uh to be better um but i think i'm thankful to um to be able to it's yeah it's just again it's a privilege to kind of be in that position um 
but also, and I think like to experience that, to like, to know that like, when I do that, when I fulfill that part, right, that I'm actually representing Jesus to you. Mm-hmm. And re- also the next point I was going to say is that I'm representing that we're representing uh, the Jesus relationship with his church to the world around us. Right. This, this incredible, great sacrificial love that Jesus has made. Yeah. Uh, we get to, we get to demonstrate that to the world around us. And I think that's such a crazy privilege. And, and I think that's so important. Um, and I think we've always tried to keep at the forefront of our mind that this isn't just like, this isn't just about you and me, mm-hmm. but this is actually about the glory of God being demonstrated to the people around us. And, mm-hmm. and I would say to anybody who's listening, if you're a Jesus person or you're, you're ready to take that step and be a Jesus person, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and really surrender your life to Christ. Like marriage is something so, so beautiful and so sacred and it's filled with joy and happiness and challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately it's not about just you. Yeah. as an individual and about your happiness it is it is about the glory of God yeah. and and um, as I heard somebody say that we're we're most uh I'm gonna kind of paraphrase it but like we're most filled with joy in God when he is when we're most like satisfied in him so we get to we are filled with joy and happiness and peace when we're most satisfied in God okay. um, and by him yeah, yeah totally that's so good and I would even say um, you know, reflecting on this, you know, this last year with me being pregnant and then having a new baby. Um, I would say that you have grown so much over these years in that the difference of how you have cared for me this year. I mean, it sounds funny compared to, you know, our first, the, even the first pregnancy, it's like yeah. you have grown in it and it's, it's a delight. It's, I'm so grateful for that, that you're, um, that you've, like let yourself you've yielded yourself to that process that painful process of of sacrificing for me you know and it's um yeah i'm so grateful so and i think it's like what you said earlier when we were we were just kind of talking about how this was going to work out tonight like Mm -hmm. that 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 two become one process is actually really hard you know and so like that growth and that change is not is not without stretching and with not without pressure and is not without I think like the only if I can say that I've grown in anything it's it's been through trial it's been through Mm -hmm. it hasn't been just because you know things have been sunshine and roses it's actually been like either either you choose to grow or this is just gonna or you're gonna die here (laughs) you know what I mean or and like think about what's on the other side of you refusing to grow yeah. Think about what's on the other side for your kids, um, you know, for for again, like we're talking about the glory of God in marriage. But like what's on the other side of you not growing to that demonstration to the world around you when they see that if if you give up here, if you quit here, what does that mean mm-hmm. to the everybody who's watching you um, and whether you know it or not, people are looking at your life. Totally. And um, and so I think that that process of. Uh, two becoming one, yeah. that real intimacy is, is not without stretching. That's actually, that's the key, yeah. the key to it. Right. I even think how interesting that when in the beginning of time with creation, Adam was one and then God reached into him, mm-hmm. pulled out the bone, the rib that was then turned into Eve. So it's like in that spot, the one became two and then the ref- and then what God said after that was, and then now these two will become one again, mm-hmm. right? And so then, 
is so interesting, even what you're saying, the reflection of Christ in the church is like the church came out of the heart of Christ. Yeah. And then the, t- and then the Christ and the church, you know, the, even the prayer of Jesus, like, let, let us be one, like, let's come back. But it does take, like you said, it's a painful process to yield your life, to merge your life back into, into someone else. But that unity yeah. is a powerful thing and it's worth the sacrifice and the struggle so it's not without cost, right? Like for Jesus even to become, you know, create this place for the church and to become one with his people, he literally had to die and he gave up his life. But how mm-hmm. beautiful that when you give up your life, then you then you meet resurrection power. Totally. Whereas if you try to fight to keep your life, then Jesus is like, you'll lose it. You will lose it. Because ultimately what we were made for is unity, is connection, and relationship and you know in within marriage it's like this deep the deepest level of intimacy mm-hmm. um and i think that's why so many people desire it there's so many people who are scared of it yeah um because they've seen it gone wrong they've seen the ripping effect of divorce or betrayal totally. and they're like i don't want to experience that pain um yeah. but the but they and yet they desire connection they desire intimacy you mm-hmm. know and so there's this ter- this a lot of people I think in our generation feel really torn. And so as married people, we take, I take it seriously. Like my covenant is to, is to you, Bri. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also am aware that people are watching and wanting hope that like, is it possible? Is it possible to live in unity? Is it possible to, um, to have a joyful experience in marriage? Right. Or even longevity. Yeah. Right. Like, is it, is it possible to make it to 50 years? Is it possible to make it like. Creates hope in people. I I know it does for me when I meet old couple, old married couples and I look at them and then they're holding hands or they're taking care of each other. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, and I think about that time that again, we were, it was our 10th anniversary or away on a holiday in Mexico when you could do that type of thing. (laughs) Oh Lord, bring those days back. Um, you know, and I think we met that that older couple, and was that they were married for like sixty years or like seventy years? Yeah. yeah. And he says the first twenty are the trying ones or the the testy, the testy ones. What he says, like, wow, yeah. like you know. And I think, you know, I I think it's appropriate to to say this because I know we were kind of talking about with a lot of the things going on, and you know, if if you haven't heard, um, you know, there's another pastor who has kind of fallen in immorality and. Yeah is kind of come clean, which again, on, on this podcast, like we're not trolls. We're not throwing stones at people. Um, you know, we really want the best for people and we, we want restoration for marriage for, that's why we exist. And so, um, it'd be, uh, completely counter to our values to throw anybody under the bus. But with the, the news of Carl Lentz, you know, having to be let go from Hillsong and mm-hmm. what he's owned up to, which I'm thankful he's owned up to. I hope it wasn't that he just got caught. I hope he, yeah. you know, it was a genuine wanting to come clean. And, um, but, you know, I think, I think that was, I know even I can say that was hard for me as a Christian leader. I, I think I care about, you know, as a pastor, I care about people and I care about, you know, the influence that this person had over people and what that now means for them. Um, but I care about him too. And I care about his wife, care about his kids, um, as he does. And, um, but I also care that like some of the people who are not maybe in the immediate circle around him 
and would be kind of just like you and me, like we don't know them, but like we're observing from afar. And it's just like, man, I go like as a, as a Christian leader, that's my biggest fear Mm. is, is, am I going to become another storyline? Am I going to become another headline? Am I going to become another pastor that has to do another, you know, press release to another confession? Mm -hmm. You know, am I another pastor that has going to have to have a bunch of damage control and clean up behind because he's left a mess Mm -hmm. behind him? And like, that's, and I think sometimes that 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 fear can can really rest not just on Christian leaders, but just on people totally. like just on husbands being like, oh, man, it's like if this guy was like he's supposed to be like a pastor, he was supposed to be like a leader. He was connected to God. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, he you know, he heard God and he preached the word and like all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and so it's just like, well, what is there any hope for me? And um, and I just want to come out clear and say, like, if. There is hope for you. Yeah. As as speaking as a man to a man, I want to say there's hope for you. You know, this this storyline and what has happened with Carl Lentz is we hope and we pray God's restoration, God's healing power over him and his family. As much as that's happened, that doesn't have to be your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he ended up where he was by decisions he made. Mm-hmm. And if we can make different decisions, we get to a different position. We get to a different place. And uh, we all fall short in many ways. We all are stumbling forward in many ways. But I want you to know, you make you put the right inputs in in your life and you make hard decisions on the front end that you don't compromise. You make strong convictions on, on the front end of your marriage. It will safeguard you right. coming through challenges, changes, leadership stuff, whatever it is, you make those hard decisions and, and you allow God to do a deep work in your heart on the front end. And you invite, you invite voices into your life to say, Hey, if you ever see any sort of something sketchy, you know, I want you, I want you to be asking me hard questions. You need to be inviting that type of relationship in your life. And I can tell you that, that this, this doesn't have to play out in your life the way it has. Um, not just with Carl, but with so many, so many other people um, that doesn't have to be your story is with every story that we hear like this. There's so many others who, who this is not, not the case, you know what I mean? So, and, and if we make the right decisions, we can end, we can end up in a different position. And uh, yeah. So yes. hopefully that's encouraged to you as a man out there. It is not inevitable. No, your, your sexuality will not, it, it, it is not greater than the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to Absolutely. overcome. Um, yeah, it's there's hope, Absolutely. and for and I I my heart broke when I heard that news um, as well. Just and also thought about, you know, actually truthfully thought about single women and thought about the fear that can rise in in them, and potentially in you if you're listening to this or or married women, um, of just the the thought of. I'm, this is probably going to be my future or maybe all men are like this or maybe I'll be betrayed and how do I handle that? Do I, again, do I want to lean into a relationship if it just is going to end up that I'm going to be betrayed or that I'm going to feel abandoned or I'm going to have my heart broken? And, and, and just fear never leads us to good decisions. Right. And, and wisdom, of course, is going to be evaluating decisions and 
And, you know, if you're a single woman and you're dating somebody or you're interested in somebody, wisdom will evaluate their character and see if they're making decisions that you will lead to a good place. But fear will always have like this, Mm -hmm. um, like a tormenting, like a haunting feeling. Yeah. And that is not the spirit of God. Like the spirit of God will lead you in healthy relationships. And of course, I mean, the reality is you can't control anyone. And that is a risky thing about relationships. You know, Brian and I've been married for 13 years. I am grateful that I can see the track record of his life. And yet still it's a vulnerable, risky thing to be in an intimate relationship because I can't control Brian. Mm -hmm. And so as much as you like to on sometimes (laughs) it'd be a lot easier. Right. But even in this situation, in this kind of thing, like what am I going to, am I going to let fear come and plant seeds in my heart and say, Oh, Bonnie, Oh, you better, you know, mm-hmm. what can, what can you do? You're going to have to, you're going to have to stop him from making bad decisions. Is, yeah. What's that going to do? So it's fear is going to control me and force me and make me start controlling Brian. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a fun relationship. So watch out for the voice of fear. That's going to yeah. tell you it's inevitable. You have to stop it. You have to, have a certain body or you have to be a certain level of sexual availability in order to stop your husband from, from cheating or from wandering. Um, the, don't let fear be your motivation for intimacy or for, um, being even sexually available to your husband. All right. The next 13, we're looking at the next 13 years. So we kind of reflected on the last 13. One of the things that we've talked about, um, where we're kind of envisioning, the next 13 years is again kind of reflecting but also planning for the future right. is we just don't want to become co-workers because that was that's hard. That's, yeah. that's actually when we realize that that it's just that's very difficult existence is when you and I are running parallel yeah. and not not as one that we're we're both heading the same direction and we're both taking care of our tasks or our responsibilities yeah. but we're not connecting and so we're wanting to safeguard that all the more Mm -hmm. in our next 13 years Mm -hmm. that we are less and less co-workers and more teammates one Mm -hmm. you know one being one movement um how like one what's the word i'm looking for i don't know just like we'd be just like married or something (laughs) like the two would become one flesh all the more one organism is what I was meaning to say. Like, yeah, organic organism. We also wanted to date more. Yes. Date more. Because that is what you're saying of like, okay, we need to, our lives need to intersect. We're not yes. just running parallel, but we need to have these spots where we can look each other in the eye, where yep. we can hold hands. You yeah. know, when you, especially with, when you have a young family, Seriously. you guys, I mean, you listening to this, you might know it's like, one of you is holding the toddler's hand so they don't run into a park, like run through the parking lot. The other one's carrying the baby in the carrier and the other one has a diaper bag and yeah. somebody's opening doors. I remember you and I, sometimes we'd like have a moment and we'd be able to reach across and hold hands. We'd be like, oh, hey there. That's I haven't nice. held your hand yeah. in a while. <laughs> right? So it's real. So these places. I forgot what that felt like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think this is something I think is just in the last year. Maybe this is like whatever the audience does the audience need to know this but i feel like in this last year we we fall asleep holding hands a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) like we just kind of reach out you know and i'm just it's nice yeah and i think maybe that's again just one of the things that we've learned is like 
in this, we have, we have to have each other. You know what I mean? This is like, who else, (laughs) like in our marriage, who else is going to make our marriage work? It's like, we just have each other, you know what I mean? So like, we, we've got to be, we've got to be all in. So I think, yeah, I think we've just probably learned to value that all the more. And yeah, honestly, holding hands is true. So we, and again, like when we said date more, we also want to date deeper and more purposeful. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm guilty. This is a confession that I haven't, I haven't been as diligent in our dating to be like purposeful to plan it. And to making consistency of it. So that's my goal in the next, not just in the next 13 years. It's not my 13 year vision that I want to start, you know, using the calendar or something like that. But like, we want to, we want to grow in our, in our dating, grow in our connection, grow outside of just family life, outside of leadership, outside of whatever, Mm -hmm. that our life together is deep and um, with deep connection, communication, all those things. So. Totally. Nacho dates. This was an idea I had a couple of yeah. weeks ago, you know, and then I had a baby Yeah. quickly <laughs> after that. I was just like, okay, not have, I'm not going into labor yet. What yeah. some things I want to do. And so I had an idea of like, what if we just start eating? We both love Mexican food so much. Yeah. What if we just go totally. to restaurants and so, and we just tried the different nachos at all the different restaurants yeah. in the local area. So yeah. what if we do that? Yeah. Anyways, nacho totally. dates. Nacho dates. Mm-hmm. And I think just even along the lines of just what we, we talked about before about, um, you know, we want we want these next 13 years to be um, greater accountability, yeah. greater um, authenticity, greater vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and greater. Yeah, I think just even the accountability that like we mm-hmm. we want to have stronger convictions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of the decisions that we've made have led with a lot of the decisions that we've made 13 years ago before we got married have have led to success up to this point but it's like what type of decisions are we making right now that are going to lead us to a healthy next 13 and a stronger next 13 that when we get to our 26th anniversary Mm -hmm. man we are we are that much further ahead and that much stronger and that much um more committed to each other happy, healthy, loving each other. So yeah. And we do have a podcast episode. I'm not sure what number it was, but, um, safeguarding your marriage. And so in there, we talked about if you want to, you know, reference that we won't get into it in this episode, but, um, reference some of the practical things that we have done, um, over the years Mm -hmm. to, um, for that sake of accountability and conviction and, um, setting up boundaries so that we don't have to make, so you don't have to make decisions in the moment based on like, you know, person by person or like situation by situation, but rather you just kind of have some general boundaries that are, that protect. So totally, we're going to hold on to those and Mm -hmm. yep. And closing, we do not want to be lulled to sleep by familiarity. Right. Again, it's just you can spend so much time with one another to have so many conversations about so many different things that you don't even realize that, hey, actually, this person is your your life covenant loving partner. You know what I mean? And um, and so we are committed to not being lulled to sleep by familiarity. And I encourage you to not be lulled to sleep by familiarity. If you are married, if you are married, man, you got to find a way to 
to get some gasoline on your on your flame on your candle that you've got burning for uh, in your marriage and um, yeah. uh, and if you're and if you're uh, you're not married and but you're hoping to one day mm-hmm. remember this that it takes work mm-hmm. and it's hard and it's sacrificial but it is worth it. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Um, like I know people would say, even when we got married, I remember pe- hearing people say that their love was greater. And I was like, I don't know how my love could get greater, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in a way my love has been purified and refined. Yeah, totally. So that I'm like, I, I th- more authentic. Yeah. I feel like I general, love you yeah. deeper and I love you more for you than for how you make me feel. Whoa. <laughs> what? That sounds like an R&B song. <laughs> well, I'm just reading out some lyrics. Actually. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. But I do. like So then I'm like, oh, I get what they mean about it getting better. Yeah, totally. Like, it's, it's pretty euphoric in, those, in the honeymoon stage. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but there's like a, I don't know, there's a depth. It's yeah. growing. So that's really cool. Totally. Yeah. And if, oh, and let's just say quickly, if you're listening and you have a marriage that has broken, mm-hmm. um, the Lord is close to you as well. Absolutely. And I think of Isaiah 61 where it just says that he is like binds up the brokenhearted. Totally. And so, and, you know, we're talking about this because we want marriages to be strong Mm -hmm. but if you are listening and you're like i didn't have a choice you know my spouse my spouse made the choice for us right or you look back with regret of your own decisions um just to know that like your your story is not over your life's not over there is restoration for you as well so um i know that could be a whole a whole (laughs) other episode but just want to make sure that you hear our heart on that totally Totally. Restoration is always available. Yes. Well, we want to say thank you so much for joining us here again on the Union Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, mm-hmm. we would love to chat it up and uh, hopefully, um, yeah, bring clarification to anything or help you in your journey. That's why we are here. So we will see you again next time on the Union Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.com.